welcome to the Advance Your Art podcast, where we talk about the journey from artist to entrepreneur and everything in between. You've worked hard to hone your craft. Now take it to the next level with tips, techniques, strategies, and routines used by successful artists to grow their businesses and careers. Now, let's get started and have some fun with your host, Yuri Cataldo. Hello, Copus. Welcome to the show. How are you doing this afternoon? Hey, Yuri. Thank you for having me on. I am doing great. That's awesome. So uh, so we talked about the before. You're out on the West Coast. How's the weather like out there? Uh, it's great. You know, we don't really get much of a winter. Uh, last winter, we had one. Actually, like rain like several days in a row. Mm-hmm. And it was um, kind of nice. <laughs> but the weather's good here, um, and you know, actually, it's it's kind of nice because we have a homeless issue here in Los Angeles, a uh, mm-hmm. very big homeless issue, actually. If you took the homeless population in Los Angeles and you just called that a city, it would be the fastest growing city in all of the United States. And uh, the warm weather definitely helps um, those, you know, uh, in that situation. Mm-hmm. So. You know, blessed the uh, sun, because there's a lot of uh, people sleeping on the streets tonight. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So I'd like to start off, because of your your background and what you work on, how do you describe yourself and what you do? Well, my uh, shtick is, it's your favorite shaman, ah man, your man, Copus Maleni. And I call myself a, a shaman because... I feel like um, I've earned the title. I've made every single mistake you could possibly make as a young uh, man growing up. Uh, in the time that I grew up, I was born in 1983. Mm-hmm. Um, by the age of 19, I was a cocaine addict. By the age of 23, I was married and divorced. By the age of 30 years old, I was uh, bankrupt. Um, so I fell through a lot of pitfalls inside life, mm-hmm. and I managed to find a, a way um, back to myself, uh, back to a place of happiness, back to a place of harmony, uh, back to a place of love, uh, back to a place of success. And um, my mission is basically to help other folks that are disenfranchised or a little down on their luck, uh, might suffer from anxiety or depression or one of the other plethora of, um, you know, modern day um, diagnoses we have for a lack of um, a true path in life. Mm-hmm. And that's why I would call myself a shaman first. Humbly speaking, I know there's a lot of other uh, folks out there that are shamans that have uh, took a more... Uh, rural path towards it. I grew up inside the city of Los Angeles my whole life, but uh, through the um, acquisition of knowledge from, you know, elders um, via in-person conversations, listening to podcasts, audio books, um, and curating some of this information myself by reading articles online, mm-hmm. I feel like um, 
I've come to a place where I give good advice and and I started with my friends and family and and I have been doing that successfully now for a few years and I'd like to share some of this advice um you know in a more uh, broader uh atmosphere. Okay, sure. So with so with the advice that you you're giving nowadays, is there like are are you writing online articles? Is there like meetup groups that you're a part of? How are you um, curating and and um, you know pushing out your advice right now? Okay, um, well yeah, there's several ways um, I, I do that. Uh, like one, I think it's really got to start with the home, and I'd say that's that that'd be my first advice to give to anybody. Um, you got to get your home in order, and um, just to tell you a little bit about my home. Um, I met my current girlfriend about uh, two and a half years ago at a sexual institute slash cult. You could call it whatever you want to call it, but it was in a very uh, good atmosphere. Um, she was an adult film star at the end of her career, 20 years plus, had been through the rounds of Hustler, um, Vivid, Contract Star, was down on her luck, and I was also down on mine. We were uh, alcoholics at the time, and, um, you know, we had terrible spending habits. And, um, you know, over the course of the last two and a half years, uh, we've become a lot healthier people. We are no longer, at least I'm no longer, I don't think she ever had this issue, addicted to, like, fast food. Mm-hmm. Um we don't drink on a daily basis. Um, we allow ourselves to have one uh, a day to drink a week if we so choose to, but sometimes we don't feel the need to. Um, we are on our own two feet. We don't have to live at some kind of cult-like institute. We have our own apartment here in uh, Los Angeles. And um, we've been pretty independent and happy Um for about a year now. So spreading that out, um, I also have some friends that had similar backgrounds, career um, rappers, uh, career artists, and um, some people we met at the Institute um, that I'm kind of sharing my message with. Mm-hmm. And on a broader spectrum, because that's my um, my immediate community, my tribe, my people, um, you know, I, we got people coming in and out of our place anytime we got free time. Um, our doors are open um, as long as, you know, it's not to complain or to talk about being down on your luck, but to you know, take some proactive uh, conversations and actions on, you know, bettering our life paths. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, moving forward, you know, I've joined the community of Steemit online, and um, I, I have started uh, posting a few blogs. We started our own podcast dedicated to finding a um, better version of our online selves, a truer version of our online selves, basically bridging the gap between who we are in real life versus who we are online, something that both me and Erica, my girlfriend, mm-hmm. uh, have been terrible about inside the past. And um, now um, we're trying to create in this new year, 2018, a healthier version 
of our online selves. So we got some people that are experts inside the fields that, you know, social media strategists and um, psychologists that, you know, can give us some advice and also some people that have charted their own path and done it successfully as well that we're speaking to. We're launching that podcast. It's called the Dot Podcast in um, March. So probably by the time this podcast drops, we'll have um, our first four, four or five episodes out. And that's a way that we're connecting, um, you know, with um, the broader online world. Um, I'm also writing a book right now called 101 Song Concepts. That's likely not to come out until April, but I'm curating a list of 101 different artists um, that have original song concepts. And we're using that as like a reference guide Mm -hmm. um, for other songwriters. And um, there's some relationship building that's going along um, the course of of writing that book. So, um, you know, those are the the first thoughts that come to my mind as far as spreading the message. Um, But, you know, to go back to the beginning, I think it's really got to start at your home. And if you don't have a happy home, um, I don't really think you got much to give to the world. Um, And that's where we started. And we kind of uh, are off to some humble beginnings. We got some nice projects in, in the queue. But I feel like, um, you know, I've been an artist for, for uh, 15 plus years. And this is the first time I'm, I'm taking a real ethical approach uh, to putting my work out. And that's the major difference. I think I've always had a lot of talent and um, I've had a lot of... Um, unfortunate circumstances uh, that have uh, happened in the course of art being, you know, dropped from a record label or, you know, working on, uh, you know, this big series that we shot on Highland and Hollywood Boulevard and, you know, it not coming out. And, you know, I had to really ask myself, you know, these these failures that I've gotten myself into, you know, um, what part do I have in it? You know, I could blame these people for, you know, their business practices. I, I was supposed to be on this college tour. It was on Live Nation uh, a year and a half ago, and I was um, promised a pretty hefty purse uh, to to go across the nation and, and go to these colleges, and a lot of it was confirmed and, you know, kind of fell through. And again, you know, just I, I could talk um, about all the setbacks I've had for, for forever, but um I had to ask myself, what am I doing wrong here? Um, Copus, what can you do better? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it all comes and, and stems from what my intention was. And I think I really, really, really wanted recognition from the world. I, I really, really wanted praise. I really, really wanted people uh, to love me. And I really want to entertain people. And I think those are all positive things, but... I was going about it in the quickest um, possible way. Um, sometimes um, I was skipping steps. Uh, other times I was downright manipulating the mm-hmm. system, buying fake social media, um, you know, likes and and doing uh, these silly silly things with old accounts. And I was trying to game the system. And I don't know. If that can't work, I'm sure it can work for other people. But for my life path, it doesn't feel right. And it, it, it takes away from the happiness aspect of success. 
which I think is a, a huge component of success. You got to be happy. Mm-hmm. And, um, doing, uh, things right now, even though it means taking, you know, more time, investing more money into my own projects, um, having, uh, um, things in writing, sending out contracts to like some of these art- artists that are, uh, um, featuring their songs inside uh, my book. Uh, those those things um, really kind of give you energy in the morning. It, it keeps it keeps the uh, the the steam pumping. It, it keeps the engine going, and it, it gives you a purpose. It, it feels right. And I think that um, a lot of artists out there um, want to get the the quickest the easiest the fastest way to success and we're kind of trained especially in the hip-hop culture that you know um i adopted as 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 my own um to to look for the the quickest way uh to the finish line but it's not necessarily the most satisfying and and some of those that that do make it out of pure will and, and get there a lot of those folks um fail once the success comes because um, unfortunately they're not ready to handle it at that time, and they may stay on top for a little while. But you know the people that have had lasting careers in in art are the ones that have found some some form of uh, ethics uh, to to associate with their work. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, so you have have impacted kind of a, a, a lot of things because of. The obstacles you've overcome, um, you know, with with drug addiction and alcoholism and a few other things, it's and especially listening to you hear, hear you speak now, it's it's clear that you have done a lot of soul searching and and gone through a lot of um, training on that. What? So, and it may have been the the cult that you were talking about, but like, what was it that helped you move on? And realize your own um, part of what was happening on the negative side. So a, a lot of people don't take necessarily responsibility for a lot of the things happening in their lives, and it's clear that you have. So what was it like? Was there training that you went through for this, or was it just kind of um, how things have evolved? But what what has allowed you to move on past those and take responsibility? Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, and, and I think that unfortunately, um, it, it was more of a progression. It wasn't like some sort of um, situation that happened that really made me, um, you know, wake up. And I, I, I say that um, in a little, a little bit of jest, a, a little a, a, with a little bit of light behind it, because I want people to recognize that. It's a daily um, process, and that there have been times where I've thought I've had my my act together, and um, you know I, I ended up uh, slipping and falling. And and what you do is you you dust yourself back off and it, it, you get back up. And what I've found is that there's a certain amount of discipline that I need inside my life, and. I need to be consistent with it. There's, I mean, I was introduced to meditation 10 years ago, and I've made it a daily practice. 
over the last, um, you know, year and a half. And um, as far as diet, my mom was always concerned with diet. She may not have had um, all the knowledge because, you know, the di- diet itself is, has something, you know, that's evolved. So you got to stay on point. You got to keep on reading the articles. It's not necessarily something that that we're, we're experimenting now with this ketogenic um, diet. A lot of people are, but there isn't enough uh, literature to really say or state that that's the exact diet everyone should um, have. I mean, some people that are proponents for it actually are having some severe um, self. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, health uh, side side effects uh, that are happening because they're they're using this diet that's not right for their body type. So experimentation is very important, and learning um, your lessons inside life and your personal lessons. I mean, there's plenty of people that can can give you a, a really nice guide to success, but that worked for them, and unfortunately, it's not going to work exactly the same way for you. So for me, it's just been um, the school of hard knocks, you know, just different. I, I picked up on, 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 on the sense of owning my own mistakes from Alcoholics Anonymous. Okay. Now, I was um, 19 years old when I went into that, and I stayed in the program for five years. And uh, there was a part of the program I did not like, and I still don't like, and it's the idea that, um, I'm powerless over alcohol. I don't like to be powerless over anything in my life. And what did I do? I, I dropped out. I had this great support system. I left it. And it was like leaving the cult. It was like leaving the first cult I, you know, I ever left was the cult of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I made mistakes. I got two DUIs, one in 2010 and one in 2012. Mm-hmm. And I went back. I fell on my habits. But... Um, you know, through making those mistakes and, and, and having those dark nights of the soul, I realized, you know what, you got to set some parameters inside your life. You, you, you enjoy drinking. There's nothing wrong with that. There's plenty of people that enjoy drinking. There's plenty of people that don't just drink one beer. They drink to get a buzz. There's nothing wrong with that either. But what parameters are you going to set in your life so this drinking, you know, doesn't ruin it? And the first one I said was I'll never drink and drive again. That right there was irresponsible. I could possibly hurt someone else. Um, I, I just can't do that. And I haven't done that since, you know, my first DUI when, in, in 2012. But then, you know, I moved in um, after I, I moved into to, to this institute because I got an editing job. And that's a whole nother story. But when I moved there, the, the rules were very loose. And it was the first time inside my life where I was working consistently, but I could actually drink a little bit on the job. So I became a daily drinker again, even though I hadn't been a daily drinker for a long time. And I just had to look at my health decline at that point. And I was like, oh, gosh, I'm getting too old for this. This is not working for me anymore. I can't be drinking every day. So I took a break because that's what I've done inside the past. I just stopped drinking. And then I had to reevaluate the situation. I had to, um, you know, address that, that one particular situation, drinking with a plan. And, you know, I got my girlfriend on board and, you know, that's worked for us now. For us, we, we need that discipline. We need, we're only allowed one day a week. 
And guess what? If we're having a bad day, that ain't the day to drink. <laughs> and you know how we learned that? We learned it by the mistake. We drink on a bad day. We got in a fight. And we're like, oh, God, what are we doing? We're back to the same place where we started. And then we said, well, all right. You know, we're not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We still like to drink. We've had a lot of great times when we've drinking before. But if we have a bad day, we're not going to pick up, uh, you know, a, a bottle of vodka on the way home and, and, and you know, uh, drink a few cocktails because we're just really uh, going to get miserable. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about life. You know, I'm a positive person. I start my day off with meditation and exercise, but I still have bad days. There's still days where where things don't go right for me. Um, you know, um, my car might get towed or, you know, I, I might think um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get something that I that um, I deserve and, and I don't get it. And maybe I don't deserve it, but I think I deserve it. But, you know, so so we got to deal with these bad days and you got to deal with them in, in a healthy kind of way. And um, that's something that I'm still learning as an as an adult. So as far as taking responsibility for your life, um, there I, I that that's not something that I learned from one particular place. That's mm-hmm. something that I had to um, I, I got to keep on evaluating. And I know that the current way that I'm living is not optimized. I know there's people doing it better than me. I know there's ways I can make more money doing the same exact thing. And I'm going to continuously um, spend some time researching. Uh, you know, knowledge is power, you know. But if you don't apply the knowledge, then you lose all the power. So application is also important. And I've been in places in my life where all I do is consume all this knowledge, but I'm not using any of it. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'm not getting any better. I could talk about it for for hours, but nothing, you know, uh, I got no progress in my life. I got nothing to point to where I could say, hey, you know, this is going well because I'm not doing any of it. And I think that there's a lot of people who've had similar life paths as mine i didn't grow up in a disciplined family you know my i i no college graduates no none um my mom never never uh, got a high school education she went back and got a few credits so she could be a preschool teacher um my my uh birth dad he was in prison uh, by the time i was uh three years old um he was in prison i didn't meet him again until i was 30 um so I didn't really have uh, these core, you know, values instinctively, you know, with within me. And I feel like there's a lot of people that, you know, are you know born into broken families and um, don't necessarily. I had a loving mom that did everything she could for me, but she just didn't have the time. You know, she didn't make a lot of money. She was working all the time. And then um, when I was a teenager, I had a stepfather that was introduced to my life and. You know, great man, but similar situation. He was busy trying to figure out how to take care of us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, a lot of us aren't born with a roadmap to life. And, you know, I'm, I'm writing a, a, a book that I'll be releasing um, in April called uh, Copus Millenni Foundational Challenge. And the whole uh, idea of that is take this little 30-day challenge with me and, and, and it will bring you back to yourself. But with that being said, there are a hundred books out there 
right now that you could pick up that will give you some sort of um, principles um, for life. And they, they, they may feel right. But yeah. you gotta try things on, you know, you gotta, when, when you go to, um, uh, the Macy's and, and, and you're, you're looking for that outfit to impress the girl the next day, um, we're not all gonna pick out the same outfit, you know, but they all have the same use. So, that's the thing inside, uh, life that I found is that there's something to learn from everybody. I, I usually learn something from everybody if they're in my life for an extended period of time. Sometimes it's what to do. Sometimes it's what's not to do. But um, at the same time, no one knows everything. And the greatest teachers are the ones out there that, you know, are always trying to improve on their own design. Sure. So with so backing up a little bit with uh, the books you were talking about, are there – like in your top five or particular books that you have been drawn to more closely that have helped you in your own situation? Um, yeah, I mean, there's some, some books I, I would uh, recommend. Um, I would say anything by Michael Beckwith. Um, he's a spiritual teacher. So if you want to get kind of a spiritual background, um, I think that that's a good book to kind of, um, you know, dive into. He's he's my favorite spiritual teacher. I like things by Ram Dass. Um, you know, he's got he's got a few uh, uh, books out there that I, I dabble into. Um, there's a book called Disrupt um, right now that uh, that's out there that I uh, really enjoy. Um, let me get the name of the author. I'm a terrible guy like that too. You know, I'll read books mm-hmm. and I'll take in the information and um, I, I don't remember people's, um, you know, name. It, his name, it, it's actually called Disrupt You. It's by Jay uh, Samet. Okay. Uh, that, that's one of my favorite books. Another uh, book that I recently read that really kind of um, spoke to me is Tribe by Sebastian uh, Junger. Um, those are a few that I've, I've recently consumed. And I, I like Tribe because that speaks to the idea of, why um, are these people that go to war, why do they miss war? And it's not the war that they miss. What they miss is the feeling of depending on each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we grew up inside, as far as humans, you know, um, our history is the history of a tribe. And that's why we were successful. That's why, you know, we run the world right now and it's not ran by the dolphins or it's not ran by the elephants. It's because we were able to band together. We weren't the biggest, we weren't the strongest, but we were able to band together and create. And we, we, we did it as a tribe and we missed that. That's something that we missed now. Um, you know, in this modern age where everybody is just, you know, social media, um, message away from from uh, connecting to, but we feel so disconnected because al- although we have so many of these um, relationships inside our lives, we don't have the, the dependence upon each other that we used to have. And uh, that book really, really hit home uh, for me. And it's one of the reasons I'd say that we have this more open door policy at our home. And I really start to reconnect with my friends. Um, because for a long time there, man, 
I was just like, hey, I got my own thing I'm trying to work on. You know, I got all these projects I got to get out. I don't got time, you know, to to hang out and 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 uh, hear about what's going on with your with your new child that's coming along or your job that you just lost. You know, like that's my immediate reaction. That's how I feel. But in reality, having those conversations, inviting those people into our homes has enriched my life and given me purpose and given me more energy and, and more drive to, to work on my own projects. Well, great. But before you mentioned, like with building your tribe, that um, you were writing more articles and posting on Steemit, which mm-hmm. uh, which I believe will lead us into um, the the recent project that you released, um, which is a, a a shorter book called Creativity and Cryptocurrency. So what? I mean, apart from Steemit right now, what got you interested in focusing on the connection between what's happening in the cryptocurrency blockchain space and creativity and creative projects? Okay, so I got into cryptocurrency because I I heard I could make a lot of money off of it. Um, I had a friend of mine that made a lot of money on cryptocurrency, casual friend I worked with every now and then. And she suggested, you know, go on Coinbase and, you know, that that's how you get started. And then I started going down the wormhole and I started actually like investing in some of these projects. And I was drawn to the ones that had more of a creative purpose because, you know, that's what I do. And what I found out was that on these platforms, um, there was a lot of tech people on these platforms, a lot of people that were really deep into the crypto world, but they weren't being explored by as many artists as like, say, a YouTube or say a Facebook. And I was like, oh, my God, this is something that all my artist friends really need to jump on because we some of us missed being the first YouTubers. Now, you know, you can make a great video on YouTube. And you might get 100, 200, 300 views. Mm-hmm. You might have to make 150 videos before you get one that really pops. Right. You know, it's very saturated. So I saw this unsaturated land, this new land. And I really uh, like the fact, too, that, hey, you can make a little bit of money doing it, too. It's not just based on, you know, um, advertisement um uh, placement and and it's, it's deregulated in a sense where you know um, a lot of these videos are getting monetization taken away from them on YouTube uh, because they're talking about controversial subject matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is more of a community regulated um, you know uh, group of projects. And I was like, you know, this this is stuff that I really need to share with artists because there's a lot of investors involved in this world right now. And there's a lot of uh, technology um, folks in, involved, coders involved inside this world. But I don't see as many uh, creatives. So I wrote the book really for my friends. Mm-hmm. And, 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 I, and it wasn't in the book form at first. It was more like, you know, just like a, a Word document that, you know, I emailed to a short list of people I thought could really use it. Okay. And then... Uh, I thought, you know, why not um, go ahead and, and, and put it out there um, because I was working on another book that I'm currently working on right now, 101 Song Concepts. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I, I have I have this whole like marketing guide on you know how to become a best-selling author, and um, this book does not fall into that marketing guide. <laughs> but I was like, why not release it anyway? Yeah. Um, because hey, after I released this 101 song concepts, and uh, you know I got this group of 101 people that will probably leave me reviews because they're being featured inside the book. I got a good chance of pushing that one to be in a bestseller. Mm-hmm. They might discover this this book this book later. It's it's a little early. Some of these projects like um, Vast and Poe, um, you can't even quite use yet. I really want to use Poe for the book I'm working on right now, but it's not um, in the trajectory to be able to give out the licensing agreements uh, for another six months. So, but there are some projects like Steemit and Violi mm-hmm. that you could use right now. Like you can get on Steemit right now. It takes about a week for them to accept your email address, but they accept everybody. They make mm-hmm. it seem like it's kind of exclusive, but it's not. And <laughs> and you can get on Steemit and you can start posting. And if you're a comedian, if you're a musician, um, you know, if you're a foodie and or you 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 do blogs for um, health or or any other kind of uh, niche out there. Um, they really want you to be on Steemit because adoption is critical for this platform. If people aren't actually using it, then there's no use for it. And then, then the value is just going to um, – it, it's, it's valueless. There's no value to it. So there there are all kinds of awesome contests right now on Steemit um, for rappers, for writers, for comedians – um, if you if you just look under the hashtag contest there, you'll see all these great opportunities that they're are openly available for artists right now. A great way to build your audience base or expand your audience um, and also a great way to make a little bit of money. So what has been your your I guess actual experience on Steam it then with that? So I, I discovered Steemit after being at a, a lecture that Ned was at in 2015, and so some friends and I joined it, and we liked the idea of the you know like Reddit, but they paid you. Uh, but at least in my instance, where I didn't have an audience ahead of time, it was like a huge pain, and I never made really any well so steam at that time. And this 2015, it wasn't really worth that much. And so I kind of just forgot about it and moved on. But it, it seems like Steam it definitely has increased in value, so it may be more worthwhile. But in your own experience, has it been, you know, with, with the amount of, of time and energy you're putting into these articles and everything else, has it been rewarding? Profitable, rewarding? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So on Steam it right now, I'd say my my the best benefits I'm getting from it is I'm curating um, a lot of these artists uh, for the book that I'm writing, okay. and that's a way for me to start making the connection, um, you know, with these um, with these other people on Steemit. So I found I found a lot of the artists is a, a lot of the artists that are contributing um, to my 101 song concepts on Steemit. I've entered a couple of rap competitions. Mm-hmm. And um, I did not win, but I got a couple of upvotes and I got a couple of, um, hey, you know, uh, the first one I really failed at because I didn't understand the, the platform itself. So 
So there was literally no audio to the video that I posted. Mm-hmm. It's not a super user-friendly platform right now. So that's part of the, the problem with it. It's still inside. It's like alpha like version. Mm-hmm. So one thing they really need to work on is uh, the user-friendliness uh, of the platform. And that's something that they're continually working on. But um, I do see a lot of potential on it. I haven't made a, a ton of money. I might have made like 10, uh, 15 bucks on it so far. Okay. I've uh, admittedly have only been on it since January. Okay. And I don't post on Steam it, um, you know, every day. And the reason why is because I already had a roadmap of projects laid out before um, I even stumbled upon Steam it. You know, I got this web series that I'm doing in, uh, in April, I got these other three books that I've basically already uh, written, but I'm working on kind of like the behind the scene marketing on right now. So my time schedule doesn't allow me to do much but dabble with the uh, platform. Okay. But moving forward, um, when I do start releasing some of these projects, including um, the podcast that we've already recorded a few episodes, um, I'm going to be putting them on Steam and uh, DTube. And I think that the real key to this kind of community is, is, is just like any other, um, social media, um, sort of atmosphere. You really gotta put the time in. You gotta make friends on there. And, um, people will discover you if you're like consistent on it. Cause I've spoken to a few people on Steam it. Mm-hmm. And they've all had the similar like kind of experiences. And it's like you get what you put in on it. So you could get lucky and like just start blogging about, um, you know, a particular uh, niche. But here's the reality of it. Your particular niche, like here's something I'm into. I'm into WWE wrestling. OK, mm-hmm. how many people are on Steam it right now into WWE wrestling? Probably three. not a lot of folks are into it but in 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 the vast scheme of things um there are a lot of folks that are into it Mm -hmm. so if i wanted to take that niche and be the wwe guy and once steam it becomes more of a mainstream product and they start promoting it's a billion dollar company they're still working out the kinks they kind of don't want so many people on it right now while they're working out the kinks um i know that all that uh, um all this post, all, all the content that I put out there is still going to be there. And when people start searching for it, I'd be one of the first. So it's kind of one of those things you got to see a long-term um, trajectory for. Mm-hmm. Because maybe your audience isn't on Steam it yet. But I do believe with uh, you know having over a billion dollars uh, behind them and um, the platform... Um, the the people that are on the platform, I've seen a lot of growth, a lot of contests, a lot of you, big YouTubers like the Needle Drop is on there now, um, kind of move over to the platform. I do think this is the year where uh, you're going to start seeing a lot more mainstream um, content on Steam it. And if you're one of the first to, to be on it, then I think there's a lot of uh, potential revenue. These rappers on, on Steam It, because I'm a rapper, they are grinding. They are putting out, they're joining, there's, there's multiple contests a week. So they're putting out four or five different, um, you know, freestyles or 
battle raps or um, mm. you know songs submissions a week, and they're making money. I'm seeing them do it. I don't have that kind of time right now because I already you know put myself in a position where I'm going to finish these projects first. But I'm a little bit jealous, honestly. I wish I was a little bit, you know, um, open scheduled. I wish I, I didn't have these other things um, that I'm working on because I, I would be entering every single one of these competitions. It looks like a lot of fun. Everyone mm-hmm. on it's pretty supportive. And the cool thing about Steam It too is it doesn't have an anti-trolling um, policy, but you only get upvoted if you're kind of kind of like a uh, giving decent and kind feedback. You know, if you're a jerk and you're on there just being an asshole and trying to troll people, you're probably not going to get any steam. So I do find it, at least at this point, being a more ethical, like kind of fun um, environment. And you do see a lot of people on there um, that are – I guess just trying to appeal to people's kindness. They're not really working very hard on their content, but they, you know, they're, they're hoping they just get the generosity of some of these steamate whales to like upvote their stuff. Mm-hmm. But the people that are really putting in the work, they're, they're putting out, you know, three, four, um, you know, nice, uh, lengthy blogs a week or the rappers that are entering all these competitions, they're making money. They're not making, um, enough money for me to uh stop the projects that i'm working on and you know make that my number one focus but it's there um and everybody's at a different point you know inside their careers too if i was 20 uh, years old i would 100 percent dedicate myself uh to just being a steam it rapper right now it's the platform where you can grow a fan base and you can do it relatively quickly compared to some of these other platforms they're looking for you on there but being, um, you know, where I'm at inside my life, I just I got to weigh the pros and cons. And it, it, it's something that I'm going to be using to promote the projects that I'm working on. But I'm not going to change my business plan and and make, you know, everything I do um, about Steam it right now just because it, it doesn't make sense. Although I've been tempted. Although I, I've been tempted. <laughs> Sure, sure. Well, then maybe I'll give it a, a second chance. It, so the whale thing bothered me in the fact that majority of the Steam you know, credits and everything else are owned by a very small percentage of people, and you have to basically cater to their whims in order to get that, and that's what bothered me in the beginning about it. So maybe maybe things have changed since the last time I was on there. Yeah, I would say that you know you got to find your community on there. <laughs> Um, for me, there, there's uh, certain communities that that I'm, I'm digging. I like the fact that they got this, you know, comedy um, community, make me laugh sort of competition, and I, I like the rap the rapper uh, communities on there. I haven't found, you know, with my other interests are like MMA, spirituality, um, pro wrestling. I haven't seen too many of those people on there uh, yet, but it's like any other place. I think you kind of really got to, you know, go um, – because these people that have invested in Steam and made a ton of money on it, some of these uh, whales we're talking about, um, they got similar interests to us too. And we can't necessarily cater to uh, what they enjoy, 
but if what you enjoy and they enjoy happen to be the same thing, then that's kind of cool. And the cool thing, too, is that people are getting rich just off being on Steemit now. Um, there's people that started as minnows, had 80 bucks inside their account when they started. And, you know, now they're at five, eight thousand dollars. Those there's plenty of those stories. And they did it just from creating content. Mm-hmm. So you might have got in a little bit early. Um, and I think right now is still a little bit early. But. I'd rather be early to the party than late. So I'm going to stay on and <laughs> I'm going to keep on, you know, um, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to let things unfold the way they're supposed to. I'm going to use it for things I'm already doing. Mm-hmm. You know, like you could definitely upload your podcast um, to D Sound, which is um, like their version of SoundCloud. And, you know, it's not going to take away from your audience at all. And um, it's not going to cost you anything to do it. And you may not find an audience with the first uh, episode that you post up. But, you know, you got all these archive episodes. So if you post one every single week, um, you might eventually start making some extra money on it. And, you know, you may not make any money on it for three months. But once it starts to become more of a popular uh, platform and, and people adopt it, you know, they can find your stuff um, in the archives and you might start making money. I've heard stories on that on Steam It too. You know, people that put an old blog post just like you, mm-hmm. abandoned it, never logged in, came back and found out, oh, my God, I made $500 from this blog post I put, um, you know, on January 2016. Mm-hmm. Sure. So. Yeah, I'll definitely check out. I didn't know they had that uh, the D sound part, but I definitely will. I mean, so I, you know, I, I was given Steam at a hard time, but my the first money I used to, um, to buy Bitcoin was originally Steam dollars. So I, I made enough early on so that I just figured out a way and, and transferred it over on a, an exchange and bought my first Bitcoin dollars that way and and got more involved in the cryptocurrency community. Because of Steemit, so I, I saw it as like a kind of an easy way um, for me because I wasn't at that time comfortable enough to put my own dollars in cryptocurrency. But I was like, I have Steam dollars that I made by writing this article, so why not try that? So it was a good way for me anyway to get involved. So maybe in other people's cases, it's also if they're you know looking to put a, a toe in the grounds of of cryptocurrency, it, it's a way. To write a blog or you know do what you're doing and enter contests and and yeah. uh, get dollars that way. And what I would say too is don't do anything on it that you're not already doing on another platform. You mm-hmm. know, like they they have a D a sound and they have a D tube. So if you're making videos or audio content anywhere else online, uh, there's no reason for you not to put it on D sound or D tube. It might take you an extra few minutes, you know, to set up your uh, Steemit account and upload your audio or your video. Uh, but at the same time, it's also a cool reference guide if you want to, you know, write some notes about, um, you know, your, your, your content. If you, if you want to elaborate a little bit more and you don't want to just leave it for the, for the description box in YouTube, or, you know, you want to, uh, add a couple of photos, you know, for, um, one of one of the podcasts um, that you put out, you know, you you want to add a couple of uh, photos that complement the podcast. Um, you know, that, that that's a cool uh, way to use it too. So I wouldn't put too much time and attention into it. But if you're already 
uh, creating content, I would jump on Steam it right now and, um, you know, take a few extra minutes and join the community. And you might find that it's a great new revenue source for you. Yeah. And it might surprise you, you know, over time. Maybe this year might be a little slow, but next year, um, Steam it could have a Super Bowl commercial. I mean, they got enough money to do it. So <laughs> there already are uh, people, um, you know, doing Steam it uh, ads on YouTube. And um, because of that, you're getting these big YouTubers that are moving over to Steam it. And, and, and some of those uh, YouTubers are doing Steam it only content, like exclusively for Steam it. So there are people that are kind of using it as a second platform. And I think over the next, you know, five or ten years, it will be like more of a first uh, platform um, for for many creators. But for right now, I think it's a cool uh, kind of side project to just invest a little bit of time into. Yeah, definitely. So with uh, the seven projects that you chose for your book, how – I mean, other than the fact of, of like choosing them, how do you evaluate them on their potential for the future and – and in general, how do you look at what's happening in this space to try to find the projects that will survive versus the ones that will fall apart? Um, well, I think that's just an intuitive decision that I make uh, based on, you know, being uh, not only a creator, but uh, someone that consumes a lot of uh, content. And I, I look at these projects that make sense to me. Um, like say Flick, um, Flick is an interesting, um, project because basically what they're trying to do over the course of the next three years is, is give you another Netflix, but this Netflix is going to, um, be paid for with Flick tokens and the content creators are going to get a much higher percentage of the revenue, um, because it's on this decentralized platform and they already got a lot of licensing agreements, um, you know, with the studios. I forget the name and I'm very bad with names, but you could go to, uh, the, you, you could go to my book or you could go to, uh, you could Google Flick and, and take a look at their white paper, uh, which is basically a business plan. And you can see, um, they have some, um, ends with Hollywood. Some of the people that, um, our, you know, chairman on, on this project actually have, uh, a lot of ties with the studio already. So when I look at Flick, I'm like, all right, they got the connections already. They're promising the studio for older properties, you know, like, you know, movies that came out a couple of years ago, um, a higher percentage of the profits for the people that, you know, do stream, uh, the content. And they're also um, looking to create original, um, you know, content themselves. And with that all kind of uh, put together in the craze of cryptocurrency, there are a lot of zealots that are just into it because it is a crypto project. You look at the stock market, if someone puts blockchain inside the name um, of their Long Island iced tea, then, you know, it, raise, it rises 100 percent. You know, there, there is there is a lot of people looking at these blockchain projects. Right. Um, I see a lot of potential with Flick because we already love Netflix. Uh, we already um, 
are looking if you're a creator, if you're like, you know, someone that's making um, series, hey, anyone that will sign a, you know, a, a, a check for you and fund your project, you know, a CISO did it earlier. Um, and Joey Diaz and a few other comics, they put their specials on because the money was right. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a lot of people that create original content for Flick uh, just because there's some money behind it. And I think that a lot of these studios are already open to the idea of um, selling their old properties. Okay. So that's a cool project there. Uh, Vest is an exciting project for me because it basically lets you sell off a portion of your song um, to your audience. So I see um, Vest really working well with people that are social influencers. If you have a YouTube channel and it's about makeup, but you also have a a friend of yours that makes great music, you can buy 10%, 1%, whatever you guys agree on of the song's license, of of the, the, I'm sorry, of 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 the um ownership rights of the song so you can own p- partial ownership of of a a song that you like and it's all on a smart contract that's transparent so you can push that song for your uh friend or or for the uh, music that you're a fan of and when the sales increase, you get part of that revenue. So I can see a lot of artists and social influencers making connections with Vest and selling off parts of the rights to their songs uh, to some of these social influencers to get their songs out there. And um, that's a nice little marriage there or directly to their fan base. Um, you know, you say if you're uh already a successful artist like a Bruno Mars. You might want to give something back to your fans and, and allow them to own a piece of your work. So you might, you know, do a, a crowdfunded project, but instead of giving out T-shirts and, um, you know, hard copies of, of the music, the crowd might actually get a percentage of the sales of the licensing agreements that come with the music and the streaming uh, revenue from Spotify and um, YouTube. So I can see that being a very interesting way of marketing music inside the future. Uh, people are already crowdfunding projects, so why wouldn't you know that same group that's interested in uh, funding projects do it with a uh, idea of actually getting a profit return other than like a cool souvenir? Mm-hmm. So um, that's why I'm I'm really into that project, uh, Violi. It's a cool idea because Violi doesn't just reward the um, content creators. It rewards the viewers. So I know a lot of people consume a lot of YouTube videos. And if you can slowly accumulate some tokens just from watching and you're getting paid for your attention, um, why wouldn't you move to that platform? You know, if you could pick between the two, you're going to sit through ads anyway. Um, why not get a little bit of uh, the share in the uh, ad revenue? Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of a, a cool way of rewarding people's attention. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I looked at all these projects. Um, I basically from, hey, would it be attractive to me? Would I take the extra time to give my email address 
uh, sign up for the contract, put my credit card in there, buy some of their tokens, you know, and, and uh, use that token to uh, watch a movie. Mm-hmm. And with a, with all these projects, the answer was was yes. Yeah, I, I would definitely invest in a song from an artist that I saw, um, you know, rising to the top. Um, if I say there, there's this artist right now named Juicy Fruit. Um, she's a rapper, and um, my girlfriend is a huge fan of hers. She's uh, signed to Young Money uh, Records, and um, she's, you know, uh, right now uh, not really popularly uh, known to the to the common uh, music consumer. She's not on the radio. She doesn't have very many YouTube videos. But if she had a single that was coming out, and for you know a hundred dollars, we were able to buy into a percentage of that song and we got to hear it first we love the song yeah why not throw a hundred dollars out out of that and see if we get return on our profit Mm -hmm. um you know i i like to bet on underdogs people that are you know coming up so i and i think a lot of people do too and that's why crowdfunding is a thing because people do like to uh know about things before everybody else does and if you get a little stake in the game you get to gamble a little bit with it then um, it makes it even more fun. It makes you, it makes supporting an artist. It takes it to a whole nother level. Um, so yeah, these projects uh, do excite me for for these new business model, uh, and and the opportunity that you get as a fan to be participate uh, more with the art. And I'm certainly going to be implementing um, some of these technologies myself with my future projects because i think that um people will be excited just on the principle of something something new a a new way to connect with music a new way to connect with um film and um there are some other projects you know that i have recently uh you know i took a look at they didn't make the book you know, I wrote the book in December. <laughs> the crypto world is moving quickly, mm-hmm. and um, they're not—they're certainly not only this—you know—the only seven creative projects that I got any interest or any investment in. Uh, they're just the seven that um, you know really uh, rang my bell uh, when I was finishing the book inside December. Sure. Well, great. Well. So this is, you have given us a lot of information today, and I really appreciate it. And I, I feel like we could probably go on for a long time on this. But, um, so let's, we'll end today here. And if the listeners would like to continue the conversation with you, what is the best way they can uh, find you and contact you? Um, my website's copusmillenni.com. It's K-O-P-U-S-M-E-L-L-I-N-I.com. I'm also Copus Millenni on Twitter and Instagram and um, Steam it. That's where I'd really like to see you guys. So <laughs> <laughs> come on over to Steam it. I'm Copus Millenni on there. Um, Perfect. But yeah, thank you so much, Jarius. This was a fun conversation. And um, I apologize to your audience if I got a little fumbled over some of my words because a lot of this stuff is new to me, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's new to everybody. So uh, articulating myself um, in a clear and concise way is something I'm working on. 
as we talked, bringing, you know, the, the conversation back in full circle. And I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to, uh, you know, make my message a little clearer today. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. All right. Have a great one. You too. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Advance Your Art Podcast. If you like this episode, please go into iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button so that every single time I release a new episode, it will go directly to you without even thinking about it. If you're interested in hearing older episodes, please go to AdvanceYourArt.com where you can find the catalog of everything I've done so far, as well as contact information and projects I'm working on. Thank you again, and have a great day.